I'm debating if I. Oh my gosh, have you guys seen Shrill yet on Hulu? No. It's so good. I've heard about it. It's so good. It's like so empowering. I love it. You need to watch it. Or I need to watch it. Okay. Well then. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast. How is everyone doing? Burnout is real. So, to. I was just saying, but the burnout is real. (laughs) Anyways. Actually, I'm like on the opposite end right now. I love that. Like, I've noticed if I get 14 hours of sleep, I have so good energy. (laughs) 14 hours of sleep. (laughs) All right. So today in the studio, we have Margot and Harjeet. And we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is kind of everyone's fear going into med school, being in med school, and thereafter. We can all attest to a sometime in point through our education or through life where we've had rejections that set us back, but we had to continue to push forward and find our way to where we are today. It'd be kind of funny if you weren't worried about this as a pre-med, but rejection's a very big thing, I think, in pre-med years, getting into college even before that. Um, And then through medical school, finding mentors, finding opportunities, and then they're on to applying to residencies. So it's something that we must really become familiar with, I think, but it's really hard to get familiar with, right? So personally, I think throughout my entire life, I've had instances of rejection and I mean this might sound silly but it it really stems all the way back to my years in elementary school all the way through high school and then it just continues on through you know getting into med school med school and there on I know we often talk about mentorship and finding those connections and networking and that's how people tend to in a sense get higher through success right For me, I always found that very difficult. And I don't know whether whether it was the environment I was in growing up in, you know, kind of a two cultures between two cultures. But I often struggled with finding mentors and finding people who would actually support me. Oftentimes, especially when it comes to my creative side, I know I've been rejected plenty of times. And when I see mentors that I would approach, not help me, but help other students, it really kind of set me back, I would say, emotionally. It wasn't until I got to high school where my mentor, Mr. Kaufman, we talked about him on the mentors episode. He noticed the potential in me. He noticed who I was and what my passions were. I didn't find anybody to help me with it up until then. He really supported me through it. And so I wouldn't say, you know, yes, he's a mentor, but he's also an idol to me. He's also a support system to me as well. But that was one instance where I didn't get rejected, right? And thereon, I would always get rejected and I would always fall back to him. And I would say, oh, my gosh, like this person doesn't want to help me or anything. And and he would say, you know, you can do this yourself. You have the strength and the passion to push yourself forward. And I really felt like even to the day before I submitted my med school application, my mentor said, oh, you'll never make it or I'm not going to help you because you're not going to make it. And I said, fine, well, I'm submitting. And I clicked that submit button and here I am. And I was one of the first in that cohort to get accepted to medical school. And so that's kind of been a theme in my life, you know? And so now going through med school, we have to find mentors again. And I'm kind of distraught. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through rejection again. And it's something that we have to get used to. But do you ever truly get used to it? Yeah. So I was rejected from med school twice. And so kind of in the opposite story from you, I had a strong group of people behind me like saying, you can do it, you'll do it, you'll get in. And then, you know, that first time that I got my rejection and it, I didn't even get like interviews or anything. It was really devastating and definitely like thoughts of like, okay, maybe this isn't for me and self-doubt. And there's definitely a huge emotional component. I think it's totally natural to start crying and like feel like super um, overwhelmed and like you failed. But then I think what's super important to come back to is like you 
just like have that something inside of you that knows why you're doing this and that passion that you're doing it for yourself and no one else around you. It's good to have mentors and a support system. But at the end of the day, if you're doing something for somebody else, that's not going to help you through any rejection or anything like that. You need to be doing it for you and in your heart. And that's where you're ultimately going to find the strength. And so then I applied again and I got waitlisted after some interviews you know, that wasn't like a straight out rejection. Like no one ever sent an email like, okay, you're on the wait list. And, you know, there was never an official closing time. It was kind of like this waiting and waiting and waiting until finally like all the schools started session. And then you just assumed you were rejected. Right. And that's, that was almost worse than getting like a final solid answer. Cause there's like that hope of like, what if, what if, and so kind of learning to balance that, but that hope and that like encouragement is always good, I think. And then Um, persistence for me at least getting into medical school is like not letting the failure get me down but allowing me to feel it but not let it pull me down like give myself a week or two to like really feel it feel bad feel overwhelmed and then like okay what do I need to do let's set a plan who am I going to talk to what am I going to do to be better and I think like you said you can really learn from rejection I completely agree with the initial afterwards of getting rejected I think it doesn't kind of set in and then like you're like, oh, OK, that sucked. And then it's really starts setting in. And honestly, to this day, I don't know if I can truly say like, what was it that truly pushed me forward other than I can't see myself doing anything else? Was I happy after I like said, oh, no, OK, we're going to do this. I definitely did not walk around smiling on my face like saying I'm going to do it. Um, definitely. I walked around very depressed, very sad. But in my mind, I said, we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. And I think it's super frustrating, especially when you don't have any other information to go on, you know, from these mentors, from these counselors, they are your source of information for these things. And so when they do reject you, it's almost like, what, where else am I supposed to go for this information, for this unknown? You know, I remember I cried a lot. I was very depressed. But well, what else am I supposed to do? You know, Um, I think for me personally, and I don't know if this is necessarily healthy, but like my kind of coping mechanism has always been to internalize things so like when I first got my rejection email I didn't cry I was at work I'm one of those people who can like open my step score while I'm you know in front of everybody and then like get a bad one and (laughs) just compartmentalize it then I went home and I processed it over the course of the two weeks and I think like actually a lot of my processing comes in yoga oddly enough the movement and just like having time to think let my thoughts come out in a way that I can digest them was maybe probably the way I best digested it. Whatever you need to do in that initial moment, whether it's like suck it up and like compartmentalize it as long as you process it later or cry right then and there, scream, yell, do whatever you need to do to like, you know, feel those feels that you feel because it's real. I think I tried to distract myself with everything else in my life that I loved doing, like yoga and riding horses and volunteering at the adult daycare center that I was volunteering at at the time. And I think I just kind of like went full steam ahead into that to kind of like forget about that rejection. And I gave myself two weeks to be like, you don't need to make a plan. You don't need to do anything. You don't owe anybody any explanations, just like be. And that's kind of how I handled it. I I like how you said meditation. I think for me, I think meditation takes a different form. It takes the form of Islamic faith, specifically after rejection or during processes of when rejection is an option. I very much turn to those instances of meditative prayer and just talking it out between myself and God, I guess, in that sense. 
maybe it's me being on my psych rotation, but we often tell patients who struggle with things like this, we're like, you know, meditation, therapy, medication. These are the three proven evidence things. And that's definitely, I think it shows. I really like the two examples that you both gave because rejection takes a lot of forms. For me, I struggle with coming into medical school from kind of both prospects in the sense that I've already had this discussion before on several episodes, but I took my MCAT four times and I remember feeling so irritated because I was like, I'm not going to stop applying because of this number. Like it's different if I get like a solid rejection. So that's why I'm saying in ways getting a solid rejection is sometimes easier to take because then, you know, like, oh, I need to do another process to get it. Now, being rejected from forming relationships that you know will either help you grow or benefit you in the future, that can be really difficult because you can't change who you are as an individual, right? And I think that's where I realized that mentoring is very important, but people will see in you the potential they want to see in you. They won't see what your real potential is as a person. Only you can see that. And oftentimes we make ourselves blind to that fact because we are our own worst critics, you know? Because of that, I think that it's really important to understand that rejection is just like a byproduct of the expectations that you have. And having expectations are important because they help you move forward. But I think it's also important to know that we can't really expect things from others because we don't have control over them. Right. We only have control over ourselves. Rejection is just a chronic state of being. There are some people, I think, who are just used to that life. So they're like, I'm just used to this. so I'm just going to keep on going. So I think in a way, Lean, that might have just been the reason why you kept on going because you were just used to that life, right? Right, yeah. And I think with what Margot said, I think that's how meditation and being mindful kind of helped you work through rejection. It's just kind of like a state of being that you kind of just have to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I've coped with all of this stuff is just lowering my expectations. Not to say that I'm not pushing myself. Oh, that's that's so different than what I do. I've had this discussion with you because yeah. I <laughs> try to expect nothing because like I can't control this. And that's kind of like a spirituality reason uh, with my sick faith and like Margot said being mindful, having like that awareness that you can't control things outside of you. And that's why rejection is just a feeling that we have. We get uncomfortable. We don't like it. No one likes it. No No one likes it. But it's just something you have to work through. But I think you can learn a lot from being rejected as well. And it definitely makes you stronger. I agree. And teaches you a lot about yourself. I agree. I think to reach that point where it doesn't impact you, you obviously have to go through it. And I believe you have to experience every single emotion fully before you can actually analyze, like, how can I work on this? I think you're so on point when you say that when someone rejects you, they're rejecting the idea of something they want to see in you rather than what you see in yourself. I think that's truly on point. Because for me, you know, when I in high school and before that, I always thought rejection was more of a oh my gosh, they don't like me. Like there's something wrong with either what I've done or who I am or something's missing. And that means I'm not complete enough to achieve this goal, right? You know, I guess maybe just getting used to it more or less um, or finally having that support system who truly said, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. And as long as you know you're passionate and you continue. 
I was more focusing on fitting the criteria than rather truly pursuing my passions. And I think that's where you find success from rejection. You know, oftentimes we think as rejection as a lack of succeeding or a lack of getting the um, resources to succeed. But I think for those of us who continue to pursue our passions, despite not finding mentors, I think we find success from rejection and it helps us grow and finally truly understand who we are. You know, it helps us get a little insight to who we are and what we really need to do to continue finding our own path in a systematic world of success. I think that's so true. And you really can become and find success and a lot of goodness from rejection. Um, it is very difficult to navigate it and feel all the feels and come out feeling successful in the end. But I think it is possible. And I wanted to share a story about mentorship, specifically in medical school, that I think is important to share because I think a lot of medical students tend to get very attached and idolize their mentors in an unrealistic way and then maybe end up getting rejected or having a false expectation of what their mentorship relationship is about. So back in the dark days before I had taken my psych rotation and I was thinking about doing orthopedic surgery, I had this mentor um, who I really looked up to. I worked with her a lot in first and second year, and um, I really like thought we were aligned in our ideals. She had done a lot of work to promote women in orthopedics, set up scholarship, set up like a summer research program. And I was like, this woman is like awesome. And I really loved every minute I spent in the OR with her. And then I got my step score, which for ortho is very competitive specialty was not, you know, like quite average for ortho. So that like really worried me because I didn't really know what to do and how to like buffer the rest of my application. So that kind of like in a way was a subtle rejection, right? This right. idea that a number can make you feel rejected, even though there's not a harsh um, rejection paper. It's like, oh, I didn't get this metric. So therefore I'm slightly rejected. Feeling that way, I felt like I could go to this mentor and ask her for help because I had worked with her. I felt like I had the rapport. I felt like she was really on board with my ideals we shared the same values in medicine and healthcare and the system, quite frankly, like the hierarchy of the system. So when I told her my sub score, her reaction was to tear up. She covered her mouth with her hand and teared up to me. Like when you're asking for help, that's not the reaction that you're expecting. And like, so of course I started crying and she was like, oh no, that's really bad. And then she said, have you thought about family medicine? Something that I had literally just told her. I was struggling on. I did not love the rotation. I didn't like it at all. I had literally just told her that while we were in the OR. And then now I was now she was suggesting I do. And it was like, there's so many mixed feelings. She couldn't offer me anything. I don't know what was going on in her mindset. But like for me, I was like so devastated in that moment. I was like bawling my eyes out. And then it was funny because like, I was able to like muster up like, well, can you, I just want to know how I can like make my application better so I can be successful. The only person in that room who could help me was the anesthesiologist who poked his head up and was like, well, you can always do better on step two. It wasn't the person that I thought I had the most rapport with in that room that helped me the most that day. It was like this random guy. So that rejection was really hard in that moment while I was there. I was super emotional and upset. But then on my way home, I was like, I got mad. I was like, no, I'm not defined by a number. And the fact that that mentor defined me by a number really pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, okay, I've learned something like about her. I've learned something about the system and I've learned something about myself. Like I don't need to rely on anyone else to tell me that 
I can and can't do something. Margo, I love that you're sharing the story because I think mentorship is there to give advice. But we should think about those things ourselves. Like we we don't know the story of this mentor that you had. Maybe they've had experiences where they were rejected based on numbers. Maybe they've had experiences where they haven't really seen people with lower scores be successful because they've never given those people that opportunity. Like we don't know. We don't know that story, right? Right. I think it's so important that you had those feelings and that's why I think it's so important to be rejected because it helps you And this is tying into how you say rejection can actually lead to success. I think it's so important that you feel what it feels to be rejected. It does a couple of things. One, it humbles you. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, it allows you to see that there's not only one way to do things. And that's why I think rejection is so powerful. Because we went in with having a relationship or applying to med school in a certain way. But then it didn't work out. That doesn't mean... It's not going to be successful in the end. It just means there's another way to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think critical thinking really comes into play. I agree. And I think that's the approach I took after that rejection. I didn't let rejection tell me, no, I can't do this and give up. I actually went and found a different person that I could connect with and tell them, you know, like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Can you help me? And if they were going to say no, then I was going to move on to the next person. And so I think also there is a reality um, just for all our listeners with people who have below average scores in X, Y, Z to get in wherever they want, because I will tell you I'm a below average test taker, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And and I know of other medical students in classes above us who had had step scores below mine get into orthopedic programs. So like I wasn't deterred by my number and I didn't understand and I didn't want to hear anything about my number. I wanted to hear about how I could move forward. And I found someone who could help me with that. And so I think taking that initiative and finding it inside of me to be like, this is what I want. I learned from my rejection that I was too emotionally, maybe too emotionally connected to this person. And I relied on that mentor too much to tell me what to do. And I felt like I maybe had some transference, if you will, into right. her of like, oh, she's like me. And so she'll know what to do and what to tell me. And I put myself too much in her hands and that wasn't okay. And so now I'm very much like I'm kind of guiding my decisions here and I'm yeah. just looking for advice in my mentorships now. And then going off that same thing, when I was rejected by a number for MCAT score, I found a different approach to study. And that helped me. These are the way we find new ways to get what we want after being rejected. So beautifully said. Oftentimes on like the on the interview trail for medical school, a question I got asked was, how do you deal with failure? You know, and I think it's because they're looking for students who have not always succeeded in life, but have also failed at times and were able to find their way, um, not necessarily out of it, but find a different way around it. Like basically rejections everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> rejections everywhere and it sucks. <laughs> I'm just saying like it's part of it's part of the lifestyle, right? Like you're constantly busy and you constantly have to get used to being rejected and moving on or finding a different way around it because it's going to be hitting you from all aspects as well as success. I'm not saying that. We're not trying to be depressing think, over here, but like I think we get better at like dealing with rejection cuz we actually go through it and yeah. then let it go. Right. And I think the more times you're rejected, the more you're able to like brush it off quickly and learn really quickly from it without it like really impacting you yeah absolutely so hopefully listeners you don't reject our podcast (laughs) 
don't reject us for this podcast. Um, how do we usually close? I haven't closed in a long time. You're supposed to summarize everything we talked about. Mm, okay. I think one point that we can all take away from this is, you know, rejection is going to follow you throughout. And it's very hard, especially when you're trying so hard to succeed and get yourself to that next goal and whatever you're pursuing. But I think oftentimes we have to take a step back after rejection or waiting for rejection or whatever that may come. And just remember that there's always more than one way to do things. There's always a way around. There's always an alternative way to do things. And I think, if anything, the more creative you are in this world, the more likely you will pave your own path and no one can block your own path because you're paving it. And so the only thing standing in your way is yourself at that point and how well you are willing to motivate yourself and push for your passions and really, really fight for what you want. And so I think we have to also remember there's always success from rejection. I think that's a big point in in terms of truly being successful as a person, being able to use those skills later on to help other people come up through your mentorship. Um, 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 all I say is, um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Chloe, don't be mad. <laughs> No, I know. Just in fear of rejection. I'm just double checking. <laughs> okay. So thank you for listening to us on this episode. Um, we really appreciate all our listeners out there and those who follow us on all our social media. You definitely keep us motivated, keep us going, especially when you send us your questions, your thoughts and your inputs. And always feel free to reach out to us. We really enjoy hearing from you. And for those of us who are newly listening, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah. And for those new listeners, um, you can always catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Bundle of Hers. Again, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Just kidding. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>